I want to know you. Let your spirit overwhelm me. Let your presence overwhelm my heart. I want to know you. Let your spirit overwhelm me. Let your presence overtake my heart. I want to know you. Let your presence overwhelm me. I can make it up if I want to. Let your spirit overtake my heart. And we could all sing a little in the spirit. Let the spirit breathe through you. You can do that more later. <laughs> when I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit, one of the cool things was somebody says, and you know what? You can sing that too. I said, really? And I immediately went up to a practice room in the music building and said, I'm going to give this a shot. And it worked, of course. But what did I know? Isn't that fun? <clears throat> Last week... The Lord gave me a word during the service, and I'm going to give it with more stuff today. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully it's not the word of the Lord plus, but you get my drift. He said to me, I'm going to breathe on my people. And there's two senses of that with... When I, you know, I started to ask him, you know, what does that mean? You're going to breathe on your people. And, of course, we know the Holy Spirit. We know the wind. We know those things. And when he says, I'm going to breathe on my people, two things came to my mind, which we're going to explore today. If he breathes in our face, it's for intimacy. If I asked you to turn and breathe in your neighbor's face, you would go, hang on, I don't think so. Right? It's too close, it's offensive, it would be weird. But when you're close to somebody that you actually love, breathing in their face is not a big deal. It's intimacy. Then I also saw God, if he breathes, breathes on us from behind us, he's breathing in power and in sending and in strength. And we're in both places. Isn't that cool? He breathes on us in love and intimacy. You can feel it when we worship. He breathes on our backs, and we know we're being sent and that we're called. You can feel it. It's him. It's not like, I don't feel particularly profound, but it's true. Both of those things, and I love them both. 
So as I was meditating on this, I started to go, okay, so what does breathe mean? And I looked up words in, you know, the Bible and all kinds of places on breathe. And so one of the words for that is ruach in the Bible. And the same word stands for uh, breath or spirit. It can be the Holy Spirit, the human spirit, the breath, that kind of thing. It's the thing that brings life, that ruach word. And you, we see it in Second Samuel 23, 2, where David said in one of his last things he said, it's the last words of David, the spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. Okay, so he's saying, it's the Spirit of God. He spoke by me. It's his word on my tongue. So the Spirit was speaking through him. So we have breath, wind, power, intimacy, a force. We think of Pentecost, all those kinds of things, revival. What does it mean that the Spirit is going to breathe on us? I totally believe it, and I believe he's not just doing it here. He's doing it in any number of places, but we have to receive it and go for it. It's kind of like if you're on a sailboat. You put up your sails. Just got to put them up so you get going to wherever it is he wants to take us. So one of the things, so what I went through and I said, I looked for what breath does in the Bible. One of the things it first does is in Genesis 2-7, in using breath, it's how God creates life. And it says here, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. That's pretty powerful. Breath of God creates the heavens. Love this. Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Isn't that a great picture? Galaxies. The Milky Way. Planets. The sun. I mean, by the breath of his mouth. That's pretty powerful. When he's breathing on us, what I'm trying to say is, we got some power coming our way. The next thing, the breath of God gives the Holy Spirit to man. And in John 20, 21, Jesus said to the disciples, Peace to you. As the Father sent me, so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, you can read in the Bible and it'll say they were born again at that point. Okay, that's fine, all that stuff. But the thing is, I love the thing, as the Father sent me, so send I you. This is a word of power, an amazing thing. You're sent, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit. It's pretty cool, pretty powerful thing in the breath. And so another thing we find in the Bible is that there's no, God uses the breath or the spirit to compare himself to other gods. And one of the things he says in uh, Jeremiah 10, 14 is he says, everyone's dull hearted without knowledge. Every metalsmith is put to shame by an image or a false god for his molded image is falsehood and there is no breath in them. Very different. Buddha does not have breath. He's dead. I mean, any god, whether there's an actual image or not, an image can be something in the mind. It can be something in the creativity, I suppose. To hear talking about gold and silver images and that kind of thing, they can't breathe. They're stuck. They can't. What are they going to do? They can't breathe. Where God created the galaxies by the breath of his mouth. 
That's a real difference in God's, let me tell you. So what I'd like to do, and then I found this whole thing about breath and spirit in a place of hopelessness. I just love worship because it just kind of did it already. But we're going to talk a little more concretely on this. Uh, Would you please, Brian, or whoever's doing their thing, we're going to do a thing on Ezekiel 37. I know it's familiar, but I think you'll like it. So whenever you can put that up, if you get you got it, you're good to go. Excellent. So in if you have a Bible, it's great. If you don't, just do whatever, listen to it online, take notes. I don't really care. Just get the spirit going for you. And in this it says, and I want you to visualize this. I know we've got stuff up on the screen, but I'm also going to pause because I want you to picture things. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones. The image that came to my mind as I was thinking about what this is like is the Holocaust. You you know when we've seen pictures on newsreels and that kind of thing and the Holocaust, all the dead bodies that were not fully bare. I mean, it's just so sad. They still had skin on them and, you know, some hair, whatever, but all those thin, starving bodies that were just piled. God took him to a place that was worse than that, dead, dry bones, piles of them in a valley. And I believe in one sense this valley speaks of more than just a literal place. A valley is also a low place. And bones speak about previous life, something that's gone to death and decay. It's pretty hopeless. We probably, you know, when we, we've, we've, we considered and people have prayed for people to be resurrected from the dead, but we don't usually do it at an archaeological dig. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, but I mean, it is, you don't. Where you find human bones, I go, wow, we found human bones. But that is not where you start saying, I speak resurrection light. We, we, we don't even, nah, not even consider it, wouldn't even go through our minds to do. Those bones are too old. Then it says, then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. In other words, he did not say, uh, Ezekiel, look away, just cheer up. It's not all that bad. He said, go by, check it out real close. Look, behold, there's a ton of them. More than the six million Jews probably. You know, like there's just tons and tons of many, many, many in the open valley. They're there for everybody to see. Wide open, desperate, hopelessness, misery, you know, death. It's not cheery. I mean, that's a, that's a tough thing for a prophet to get a vision like that. And then it says, and indeed they were very dry. I mean, it said they were dry before, but indeed... For sure. I mean, I don't know if he picked up a few bones and said, yep, these are really dry. Don't know. But all these bones, super dry, that means they've been there a long time, had time to age, had time to all the flesh and all the muscle and everything to rot off them. I'm not trying to be gruesome. Well, I am a little. But anyway, so, but all, had all that time 
for that devastation and that yuckiness to take place, real signs of death. And so he, but God said, look at it, not even a possibility of life. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Right here is the point, and he says, you know, Lord. And this is God saying this to us, too. You need to rethink what's actually possible in these days. Can these bones live? I mean, there's a whole bunch of death around us. You just watch the news. The stuff that happens, and if it's not death right now, there's the promise of death. You know, we might not lift past the nuclear war. We're, you know, we're going to run out of food. The, the earth, you know, there are just so many possibilities of, no, we are not, we could, hopeless is good. No, it's not good. But it's, he says to us, rethink in these days. Not just about your, it is about your situation, but it's also rethink in these days. You cannot carry the mind of the world. You cannot be sucked in by the news and the world's, what it says is so horrible. You can't go there. He says, can I do something about this? And we go, Lord, you know. We don't go, no, but we say, ooh, Spark. Maybe I should rethink some things. Maybe I should repent, rethink. Maybe my brain should go someplace else. Maybe I need to have another idea in my head in the face of impossibility. Oh, and also, it's only God that reveals possibility thinking. This is not a Pollyanna thing. This is revelation. It's a, it's a different deal. You can't just go, I think I'll think about all, all those bones just like getting right up there. I mean, no, it's not going to work that way. It's not that easy. And it's impossible in ourselves. And so then he said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> Let me tell you a little secret. A bunch of dead dry bones don't even have ears. Hear the word of the Lord. Uh, which bone do I talk to? Uh, you, you follow? It's, a, it's just kind of absurdly wonderful. Speak to the bones. Hear the word of the Lord. And the hear word is a strong word of hear. There's this prayer that they pray in um, Jewish synagogues that comes from the Bible, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. So it's this prayer, and it means, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And it's a command. It's like the strongest thing they do. Every bit of liturgy, every time you go there, is Shema Yisrael. It doesn't matter who you hear. The Lord is one God. And so it's that kind of strong hear word that he's supposed to give to these bones. And then he says, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely, surely, absolutely, no doubt about it, not a question, surely I will cause breath to enter in you and you shall live. 
I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. God says what he wants done. He affirms his word by saying it's absolutely the truth. He begins to speak life through Ezekiel and he speaks strength. He speaks to the bones, but he's saying not only that, but there's muscle and skin going to come on those bones. It's going to happen. And then he says, then you'll know, then you'll say, Ah, that's God. I want to know you. Let your presence, let your spirit overwhelm me. That's what comes from that place. So Ezekiel said, okay, and he prophesied as he was commanded, and I prophesied. There was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Let me just say, sometimes when you begin to prophesy into a situation, it looks messy at first. Even if stuff starts to move, the bones start to coming together. It's rattling. It's a big noisemaker. Stuff starts to happen. It looks creative. There's stuff forming on the bones and all that stuff, but they're still laying there dead. Back at the picture of the people in the Holocaust. Flesh on them, but what good is it? So it might not always look positive because you know what? This is a call actually to y'all to prophesy. Hi, everybody. And no matter what your gift is, you hear the word of the Lord and you have to speak it to make it happen. Healing has to hear the word of the Lord speaks healing. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You hear, you speak. prophesying in that sense. I'm not saying you're all called to be prophets. I'm just saying every gift there is means there's a word that has to come out of my mouth that hears from God, so every bit of hearing has to be sharpened. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you're fivefold. You've got to hear and you've got to speak. It doesn't matter. Everything involves the voice. There's no getting around it. Anyway, sometimes it looks kind of messy at first. And then he also said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Now they're already, they've been killed, they've been slain. That's kind of a painful thing. They're dead, they've been wounded, they've died, maybe in battle, but they're slain. It doesn't say they died of natural causes. They've been slain, so there's obviously some hurt. But he says, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the winds, which is interesting, you know? You say, come, O winds, from the four corners of the earth and breathe on. But what you're prophesying to, when you're prophesying to a situation, is you're prophesying around the situation. Come, opportunity. Come opportunities for evangelism in the name of Jesus. Come opportunities. Line them up in the name of the Lord. Come opportunities for healing. Come on, this person's got healing. I command, I call forth the command of the Lord saying, come opportunities. You get it? You call it forth. He's calling to the four winds. They needed air. We call to whatever's needed. Get it? You're prophesying not just to the person. This is not just foretelling you're going to be a healer or you're going to be a whatever. It's prophesying to make it so. Several things in here. You don't give up. You continue to prophesy. Notice this is the process and it's not pretty at first. You call for whatever's necessary to line up for that prophecy to happen. 
The pain of death cannot hold the word of the Lord back. You can prophesy to breath, that's the very life and spirit. So you can prophesy to the spirit within somebody, even if they're not getting it in the flesh yet. We did that before, actually, when Susie and Cameron were here. And actually, it's a great way to go. I've tried it. You start blessing, it doesn't matter even if you're far away. So anyway, Ezekiel did it. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. It worked. And they lived, and stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. Isn't that great? So out of people that are dead, slain, no hope, not even flesh and blood, no strength and sinews and muscles, nothing. Their bones aren't even joined together. They're just scattered all over in this open valley for everybody to gawk at and say, wow, that's a hopeless case. That's where they are. But out of that place comes an exceeding great army of the Lord. Isn't that great? There's hope for anybody. Yay. There is absolutely hope no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. There is hope. It's absolutely a sure thing out of that dead, dry place. Hallelujah. Isn't it great? Yes. <laughs> yes. Remember that song like when you're a kid, you know, like, um, I'm in the Lord's army. We're not going to sing it right now, but I remember that Sunday school song. I may never march in the infantry. You, you, nobody... Some of you know it. Okay, cool. Anyway, (laughs) but I'm in the Lord's army. (laughs) All right, anyway. I love that because you know how anybody here not ever been wounded? Doesn't matter. We can be in the Lord's army. We can strong people of God. This is a strong people of God. Why? The spirit of the Lord has breathed in you and on you. That's what makes it. Then he said to me, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and ourselves are, we ourselves are cut off. So that hopelessness and death does not stop it from becoming an army. Previous rejection is not going to hold out. You know what? They never asked me to do anything at church. They never asked me at the other church I went to either. You know what? They kicked me out of that church <laughs> or whatever you're... Th- it doesn't, eh. The rejection doesn't matter. God still wants to use you today, right. Right. now. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. So, in other words, he's telling Ezekiel, you have to prophesy to them. You've got to speak to this crowd, this army that's risen up, and say, you will come up from the grave. And God will open up the dead places in your life and cause you to live. And he's going to bring you to the land of promise. That's what Israel was. What are the promises? That's the place God's going to take you. You say, you speak to the breath and say, breathe on them, Lord. Raise them up a great army. Take them to your promised land. Anybody have promises they haven't gotten yet? There you should. If not, you need to ask for some because there should always be promises that you're looking forward to. So you go, okay. 
What's that next thing? You're to look for that very place. And then it says, then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves. This, I love this. He keeps going back. You're going to know the Lord. You're going to know the Lord. Then you'll know it's me. You'll know I'm the Lord. That's a wonderful, I love that, you know. And he, he, then he says, when I've opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. Everyone's going to know it's him. And then it says in 14, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land, the promised land. Then you will know, shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. It's not up to you. You can't do that. I mean, what are you going to do with a bunch of dry bones? You can't do squat. I'm not trying to be rude here, but you can't. You can lay there and be a bone and say, breathe on me, please, maybe. I don't think dry bones have lips to talk, though. But there is a thing, however... In these days, actually, God has breathed his spirit in us. And here's the thing that I want to see happen for us as new hope. We can speak over each other and, you know, say, breathe, be empowered, whatever. You know, we can do all that stuff. I so want us to prophesy out there. When I say prophesy, yes, it can look different. Some of you go, I don't prophesy. Yes, you do. Everybody does. You can say good or you can say negative, negative things. Is the Spirit of God in me? Then he wants to speak. I've had people prophesy to me that they had no clue that they were giving me a word from the Lord and they just said something out of the blue and I'm going, ooh, that's God. And sometimes we don't know. We're to speak and we're to prophesy breath and life and strength and a coming together and a new army of the Lord the army getting bigger doesn't matter what it looks like in front of us that is all our job to do that prophecy is not just a thing of somebody giving people words it is that but it's way more than that it's just it's so much more and I I like it so much I just think it's so cool I'm going to go ahead of myself just a tad because I want to give you a definition I'll come back to where I was just little taps of the finger. I love this little gadget. Anyway, uh, it says, I looked up prophecy in the Spirit-Filled Life Bible, and here's what I said, and it applies to all of us, which is why I put it down here. Prophecy means primary use of the word is not predictive in the sense of foretelling, but interpretive, declaring or forth-telling the will and counsel of God. It's cool, huh? I mean, do you, you all have that job, I think. Yeah. Prophet, one who proclaims or tells a message. Do you have a message to tell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A spokesman, heralder, announcer. A prophet is someone who announces a message at the direction of, anoth- of another. Usually the Lord God, always his word. Isn't that something? And this does not exclude anybody. It's, it's a have to do. I mean, this is exciting. And we, you know, I know people here. I've met with a group back there. Every time I meet with people, whether they're praying or everybody hears from God. It's just like, that's what we do here. You know, we don't pray and just try to come up with a, a godly list of suggestions. 
Oh, Lord, we suggest you might try this or you might try that. Let's see, number 10, you might try that. If none of those work, I'll see you next week. No, we don't do godly suggestions. When we lay hands on somebody to pray, we pray and we listen. That's, that's our first job. That's what we do here. What do you want to do, God? What do you want to say to this person? How do you want me to pray? That's the only way to go. And you prophesy, or you speak, or you pray, or you encourage, and you heal, and you do whatever it is you're doing out of that place. You may all prophesy. And here I wanted to also, last time I I, um, spoke, I think I'm really doing good. This is going to go fast. Last time, if you remember that I spoke, I talked about Moses and having the rod in his hand, and it was the call and what he was to do with what had God put in your hand. The question I believe God has us for today is, what's in your mouth? There's power in your mouth. How are you going to use it? Are you going to prophesy over the dead bones? It's your job. God said, prophesy. I know, it's Ezekiel. Just like David, God's in us. The Spirit is in us. He's on us. He speaks through us. What's in your mouth to speak over people? You know, and when we do things, this is one of the things, you know, that I know that God wants to use my mouth. Okay, so I've known it for some time, but the truth is he wants to use everybody's mouth. But you know, when you know that you have a call to teach or preach or prophesy or whatever. You know God wants to use your mouth, and you know you can't use your mouth just for any old thing. You cannot let whatever rip out of your mouth. If it's a place that God wants to use, a thing God's just spouting off and saying, oh, the man's an idiot. Maybe not a good idea. Do you want to prophesy that? I know we've all felt like it and probably said it or said something, but... Do you follow? We've got, a, we've got a call. This is not just my call. It is our call as a body to speak over people, to look at them. And if they're weird, to say, God, why are they weird? What is the You know what? Bob Jones is weird. Oh, this is going to go on the Internet, isn't it? Sorry if he, he would never listen anyway. So not a problem. But you follow? He's an odd person, don't you think? He's odd, but I mean, I like him, and he has the word of the Lord. You follow what I'm saying? It doesn't make any difference who's odd. I'm odd. You're odd. Everybody can be odd in their own way. But God has a thing that he wants to say, and it is our call that when we see somebody, what are you doing with them? Or we go to another church, and we say, what's up with that church? They're not flowing like new hope. Well, shut up. No. (laughs) But we can say, what's the call on that church's life? And so we begin to speak over them and say, you know what? They have this thing going on there. And so you begin to prophesy over them. Lord, raise them up. Call these people. You know, you begin to prophesy over them instead because we need them. It doesn't matter what church you go to in Chile. What it is, it doesn't matter. Call forth life and breath into dead bones that are so dry they cannot continue to exist. Doesn't matter what it looks like like there's nothing on them and even when they start to get a little life in them but they can't move because there's no breath no holy spirit never gonna happen oh yeah, yeah. prophesy to the breath yes. right. yeah. isn't this fun yes. 
We get to speak power into a whole lot of places, and it doesn't matter that we're a small company of believers. Are you willing to prophesy? I think it's, I mean, I just get very excited about the whole thing. And so the question is, what has God put in your mouth? And here's the deal. Remember the story with Moses too, where the, the first time he went through, he, they, they ran out of water. And so God says, what do you have in your hand? He's got this rod. He goes to the rock and he goes, whack, and water comes out of the rock and everybody, yay, water for everybody. And they're happy. I, paraphrase. New Grace version. <laughs> <laughs> grace. Anyway, so the next time they run out of water and God asks him, he says, what's in your hand? And so Moses takes the rod with him and God says, I want you to speak to the rock and water will come out when you speak to the rock. He gets there and he gets ticked because, you know, they gave him a hassle. They really did. And he goes, what are you on my case for, you bunch of rebels? And you're basically saying you're a bunch of jerks and you're not treating me very well. What did God give me the responsibility for you? Whack, and he whacks the rock and, and water does come out, but God's not happy. There is a time to whack something and there's a time to speak. I believe we're in a time of speaking, not coming down with the rod of the law. Or this is the rules, or this is how you do it my way. It's a new day. We prophesy to the rock. We prophesy to dry things, and life comes out of it. We prophesy to the breath, and people begin to breathe life in the Holy Spirit. We prophesy, and we call for the winds and the love of God, and revelation to be coming into this community. We begin to prophesy and say, let the four winds send the breath of God. Let it rain. We speak the rain of the Holy Spirit. We speak the power of the Holy Spirit. We speak life into bones and things and healing of cancer we speak a revelation to whoever and we begin to speak and we call it for and God says yeah Yeah. command it prophesy it say it go for it it, this, it makes this, even though this is like such a difficult time in history it makes it the best time ever hoo hoo Makes me happy. Yeah. Okay. 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 I get really happy about this. Can you tell? Okay. So here's another verse. I put this one in there. You all know it, but I put it in there because it's important because none of you are excluded. This is really important to me, this whole prophecy thing. I'd love to have everybody come on Saturday because this is not just about prophetic teams. This is about hearing God, doing the stuff, saying it, and getting on with it. It's an activation time for whatever your thing is. So that's my little ad. But anyway, here's the deal. And Joel, as you all know, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Are you flesh? Your sons and your daughters, hey, shall prophesy. Teach them how to do it. Little kids, they can, they can get great words. I've gotten some great words from kids. Trying to teach people to prophesy at the school. That's fun. 
Doesn't matter. Old people, young people, whoever, teach them all. And your old men shall dream dreams. What do the dreams mean? They're speaking in these days. They are. Your young men shall see visions. Help them find out what it means. Start to ask God. Speak into those visions. Prophesy. What does God want to say? (sighs) Okay. And finally, my last little bit. I have several points. Oh, I must be at the end. Good. Okay, so God will breathe on us and give us new life out of hopelessness and death. God wants us to prophesy, speak forth life over impossibilities and death. We are to speak life and not death. A word as God commands is more powerful than the rod. Where can we speak new life around us? Dream, think. Everyone's a free target. Anything goes. Ask God how and what, but it's good. And where do we carry the life and breath of God? Any place you go. The life and breath of God is here. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's wherever you go. All through you, on you. You have the authority because God gave it to you to speak and to change the world and situations. No matter how full the valley is of dry bones, he's given you authority to do that. Because it says in the end, it's not just well, they'll be healed and everyone will feel good. It says, bottom line, then they will know that I am God. Cool, huh? So, I liked that. I mean, that, it makes me happy. That stuff. Doesn't that make you happy? Yeah. makes me happy. I mean, I go, wow, what a great life. So, anyway... Hands up in the air. Thank you, Lord. Lord, here we stand. And I, stand up, sorry. I do want you to stand up. A great, I don't want just hands. I want your whole self up. Here we stand, Lord. A great army of those you've breathed life into. Yeah. I do speak to the wind and to the breath, to breathe life in these places where there's a need for healing, Lord. Let it come. Breathe into your people that they might breathe out the word of the Lord and change atmospheres, change this area of North Chile, change the world, change wherever we go. Lord, people are sent in China and all kinds of places, Africa. Lord, the word of the Lord goes through us, your people, your great army that you've healed and brought life to. Lord, may we be a great company of prophets and those that speak whatever it is you want to into healing, into whatever it is, Lord, evangelism. Just look around, Lord. Those that 
equip and disciple people, the breath of the Lord. Lord, I speak a renewal of a prophetic calling on the people that kind of leave it dormant, that just kind of let it sit there. Lord, let it rise up in knowing that power comes through our words because it's the Lord saying prophesy. Make it happen, Lord. Your blessing and your power on your people. Thank you, Lord. We receive the breath of your spirit. Just open your hands like this and just receive. Just take it. We take it, Lord, and we thank you. Thank you. We receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We'd like to have the prayer teams over here. We'd like to pray for people. Those of you, I would like to say this. Actually, I'd like to do this because some of you need to do this. Some of you need to come up, not for prayer. You need to come up by yourself. And I want everybody else to be quiet. You need to come up and stand or sit and renew your commitment to whatever God has for you to say right. or do. Right. I don't, it might be lots of people. I don't know. But we all need to be committed. So if you want to do that, please feel free. <laughs> don't bother them if you're up here. Just let them come quietly. It's their time with God if they want to. If not, do it anyway because you're yeah. called. God bless. Amen.